This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Coming January 18, 2019, Misery Never Forgets, the new album from the leaders of the next generation of metalcore, Wrist Meat Razor. Revolver Magazine proclaims, Wrist Meat Razor reimagined the technicality and urgency of the hardcore and screamo of the early aughts. And Colt Nation hails, Wrist Meat Razor is poised to make their mark, a crimson slice of emotional violence. Wrist Meat Razor, Misery Never Forgets, available in all formats, January 18, 2019. Pre-order at store.prostheticrecords.com. Summer 1969, peace, love, and music reign supreme. Hey, man, make love, not war. Want to swap girlfriends? Summer 1994, peace, love, and music returned. Kinda. Green Day is the hardest punk rock band ever. Hey, let's throw mud at Trent Reznor. Summer 1999. Music showed up, but peace and love stayed home. Is it just me, or does it seem like there's a lot more raping going on than years past? Summer 2019. Woodstock is turning 50 years old, and we invited peace and love to the party along with music from some of your favorite shitty rappers, pandering performers, pop stars, and probably the Foo Fighters. It's the cash grab that started them all. Woodstock, the 50th anniversary, August 16th through the 18th. And where the fuck am I, New York? Free entry to those that attended the first Woodstock. And guys, we totally fixed the rape thing, so you'll probably have nothing to worry about. Woodstock 50, August 16th through the 18th. Be ready to love again. It's the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Speich, Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. Metal Sucks Podcast. What is going on, friends? It is I, your host, Petter Speich, and I am always joined by... They call me Brandon Gooch Hahn. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at your buddy Gooch. Jocelyn Sharp is on the road this week, so she will not be joining us on this episode, but make sure you give her a follow, at Jocelyn Sharp, for Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And follow me, at Rise to Offend, on Facebook and Twitter, Rise to Offend Official on Instagram. This week, guys, big interview. We got Bjorn Speedstrid from Soil Work. We're here to talk about their new record, which dropped this last Friday, Verklit Heaton, and that is out now. Guys, make sure you pick up a copy. It is, it's a great record. We're going to be playing three songs, the three singles they released off that record for you. But before we do that, me and Brandon, we're going to jump in, tackle a little bit of the Metal Sucks news. I'm going to cannonball into that that's, son of a bitch. That's what we like to do here on the show. Why, why, why that? Why that accent? Why um, is that? I was somehow, I felt that accent represented Woodstock. (laughs) Not at all, though. Not close. Not even close. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? New York is where they they had Woodstock. I know that. I understand it was on a farm. I did Tennessee, right? Yeah, you you did like the whole South. (laughs) I did New Orleans. Yeah, you did New Orleans. You did Alabama. Yeah, you you were doing, I don't know what you were doing. Let's drop the accent and not worry uh, worry about it. Um, Please, please. Let's uh, be pro. Woodstock 50 has been confirmed, and now we we talked about this previously when it was a rumor on the show. We feel that it is there, there is no semblance or anything to do with Woodstock. It's just the name. So in a lot of ways, we feel it is a cash grab. 
No, it totally is a cash grab. Like the reason, the first, the first Woodstock, there was a reason behind it. It The first Woodstock is a magical thing. Yes, I don't want. I won't say magical. Jesus, it was. It It was an amazing thing. thing. I know what you for music. You know what I meant. Magical is not the word. though. Exactly. That was a very cuck description. But my thing is though is. It was, uh, but it was magical. That's really the only way you could describe oh, it. Oh, thank you. It was. My cuck description works for you. But you know what, though? <laughs> but I heard it, and I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to keep that pixie dust on it. There was there was some, there was just, a, it was a movement. It was youth. There was something to protest. Uh, music was there. It was important it to was people. It was one voice. Yeah, you know, dude. It it was, was, it's not like today, where you have, where you have like a billion different things to protest now. Like, back in the day, you had, you had racism. You had the war. And that was pretty much it. You know what I mean? It was like, and then, and then bang who you want to bang, right? I, th- I think that last part was probably, the, yeah, the hippie movement is what it was based on, right? But, yeah. Uh, and there was a lot of falters in that. I, and, and oh, I'm absolutely. Not say, I'm not yeah. saying that it was the way to go. But anyways, the thing is, is that that concert is iconic. Yes. And magical. Now it's just a name that's being thrown out there. Hey, it's been 50 years. Why don't we just do that? Like, let's remake another Nightmare on Elm Street because Robert England did so bad as Freddy Krueger. Let's make Jake Gyllenhaal do it, right? That's what this feels like to me. Jake Gyllenhaal doing Freddy Krueger. It was like, I understood why they did Woodstock 94 because it was like 25 years. And I guess, you know, every time you reach that quarter of a century, half a century, then okay, fine. We might want to do an anniversary. But even then, though, it wasn't the same thing. I mean, the Pepsi logo was all over the place. It was just a huge it was just a huge advertisement that's all the 94 one was but at least i mean at least that was a little bit closer to the original and then 99 happened and you were like and and, and that killed that sullied the name for a long time and if anybody hasn't seen the 1969 documentary on woodstock i got it on blu-ray you guys got to check it out man it's amazing and it shows that they probably weren't going to make money and people came in for free because so many people attended it and it was really about the the art and the movement and that film was a way to even like reimburse them you know, for all the money they put in there because they would eventually have lost millions of dollars. So it wasn't even about the money. That's why this one, which is only about the money, 99, even 94, we can go there. It lost its, 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 mm, I don't know. It's, the, it's, the, it's, the word it's magic. No, it's magic. I didn't want to say it. You heard me mm, though, right? You're right. Lots of mm. Yeah. So moving on to something else, guys, that's how we feel here. I'm sure everybody feels like that. But if the lineup uh, kicks ass, it's going to be a success. And we, uh, in I, our fake commercial, we're assuming the Foo Fighters are playing. Yeah, dude. Because <laughs> there's dude, no other rock band. There's, there's, <laughs> dude, if it's going to be a Foo Fighters thing, you ha- they're going to have to get the Foo. It, it's, it, it's, a, it's a lock. It's a lock. It's the, only, it's the only rock band out there that everyone. Uh, I disagree. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Well. That can still play live. You know? <laughs> what if John Frusciante came back? Okay, John Frusciante. No, here's the deal. The then backing band. The backing band is awesome. Anthony is. What the hell happened, dude? I mean, have you heard him recently? Yeah, I mean, I've heard Dave Grohl recently too. I'm not. I'm not saying anything bad about either. Okay, but um, I, they're not. Their voices aren't what they used to be. It happens. I think Dave Grohl just parties too much. I, I think that's his fault. Yeah. I think if he. I think if he. Uh, I think Anthony Kiedis was never meant to sing in an arena. Yes. But I'll tell you something right now. Every time I see him in an arena, when you got Flea and John Frusciante staring at each other and playing their instruments you forget about that voice and he runs around like a goddamn jackrabbit all over the place he's out of breath you kind of give him a, 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 the benefit of the doubt because he's excited well you know when you write such beautiful lyrics like hey oh like you know yeah. i'm like this guy really gets me when you write such beautiful lyrics like sir psycho sexy yeah i know what you're saying <laughs> Moving on to somebody that does write beautiful lyrics, funny lyrics on occasion. But we here were ecstatic when Metal Sucks just posted this story uh, yesterday. Mike Patton 
is to perform the national anthem at the playoff game between the Los Angeles Rams and the Dallas Cowboys. Now, we're huge fans of Mike Patton, as all of our listeners that you guys are hearing, I'm sure all you guys are. But Mike Patton is an underground figure. There is no mainstream really to him. If you break down the mainstream jest of Mike Patton in Faith No More, it's a one-hit wonder that is epic. epic, That's it. I've seen Mike Patton with Dead Cross recently. I've seen him with Tomahawk headlining. I've seen him with Mr. Bungle. I've seen him with Phantomas. I've seen him with all his incarnations and obviously Faith No More. But the point is, is that the audience is not huge. It's like 100, 200 people. What would you say? It is a smaller audience. When you see Faith No More, obviously it's a a, a bigger audience, but not mainstream. So yeah, Faith No More is definitely not, they're not an arena band. No. They might be a theater band. They're like a Primus to me. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're up there. Like, uh, I mean, if you think of a modern day band that I think a modern day band that's probably on the same level as Faith No More would be someone like Mastodon to me. Okay. Mastodon's on the same level. Obviously, that's mainstream's fair. not going to jump at them, but people know who they are. Yes, it's fair. Yeah. So for Mike Patton to do the national anthem at a playoff game, that's such a win for the underdog. It's such a win for like just alternative or whatever you want to call the stuff he does or, or rock or whatever. I mean, I love Mike Patton. I wouldn't say he's a metal guy. Exactly. I, but I don't know what genre to put. You can't. It's, <laughs> it's all over the place, dude. I don't know. But um, yeah, dude. So he's singing the national anthem and there's really not much else to talk about. We're just super happy. And uh, the other thing that I asked Brandon, cause I'm going to DVR the game today, but we don't even know if it's going to air. Yeah, because after, it's a playoff game. It's a playoff game. Usually they don't show the national anthem during the regular season. I think they show the national anthem for like week one. Mm-hmm. And then after that, they just kind of uh, they gloss over it. They don't show it on TV. But I'm not exactly sure if they're going to air it for playoffs. And that's so. the thing. When this episode comes out Monday, we'll have known that answer. But I, I'm really hoping that whoever puts it on just puts out the footage of him doing it because there's an audience that wants to see it man. and here's the thing too this is mike Patton, so it's like could he like intentionally sabotage it do something funny during the national anthem i mean it's like he's dude, a wild card man that's what i'm saying dude you don't know i don't think you will but he is a wild card i think i can w- see him farting on the mic <laughs> and then sing yeah he's like and hey, the rockets regular blam fart right i can totally dude nobody would be surprised that knows him if that happened actually no i think you fart when the bomb's bursting in air i think that that makes more sense to do the fart right there. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I feel a, a good timed fart anywhere is funny. Yes. But into the microphone, like you got to <laughs> time it perfectly, you know? <laughs> anyway, I mean, he did piss on a crowd. That's, dude. This I'm, happened. I'm just you're letting you know, on a crowd dude, in England, so. If this guy wants to get, we all know all press is good press. If this guy wanted to get more press than anyone in the history of rock and roll, he, all he has to do is do something crazy during the national anthem. And it, if it were in Dallas, it would be a lot scarier, but not so much in Los Angeles. Yeah, I think you're right. I yeah. think you're right on that one. So moving on to some sad news, guys. Well, I don't. I, I mean, it sounded like someone just passed away, which yeah, isn't the really, case. I'm really sorry. I don't want to get it to that level. That's but usually the kind of the tone of voice you, you use when, when we lose somebody. Matt Pike, high on fire, sleep, you know, just a, a god to us uh, here in the metal universe. Anyways, a guy that makes us all very excited any time he's coming to town and all that. Had to cancel a tour with Municipal Waste earlier in the year in Toxic Holocaust because he had to amputate one of his toes. Just played some songs with sleep and had a new high on fire tour that was starting here in January. Well, he's going to have to cancel that one as well. And he also revealed to the fans that he he has diabetes. Now, Pike has been a, a rock and roll warrior, man. He's been touring nonstop since he's been in the game. He's, he's a dude that doesn't, we don't think cancels tours lightly, but obviously health concerns are a whole different thing. And uh, when you have diabetes, when you realize that, 
you pretty much have to change your life and routine on a day-to-day basis. So touring might be a lot more difficult now. Do you agree? Absolutely. Well, I mean, number one, when you're touring, your diet is dog shit. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're not literally eating dog shit, but I mean, it's just bad diet. Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Yeah, exactly. Which, pretty laterally speak. Laterally, yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that's all you're doing. You're just stuffing fast food in your mouth. So that right away has a, has an effect on your body. And, you know, obviously with diabetes, you got to watch that. And then the, the exercise too. I mean, you're in a tour bus all the time for like every time, every time you go to another city, there's probably what, eight, 10 hours in a bus mm. that you just, or, or a van that you just have to sit there and wait in. So, and you have to get plenty of exercise. There's just this. And he's a figure that gets bothered. Like, I don't think he can just walk around without getting noticed, you know, prior to shows. He's, he's not something that can just intermingle. People know who Matt Pike is. So you're right. You might have to hide away to get some peace. But in essence, when you change your diet and you change your lifestyle and you have to have kind of this That's what I'm saying, routine. dude. It's like, and then, and, you yeah. know, and then plus he's a performer too. I mean, and, and rock and roll is a party atmosphere. So it's like, he's not, a, he's not going to be able to drink pretty much. Yeah, there's, you gotta, you gotta watch what kind of food you eat. You gotta get out, get out there and get exercise. It's, there's just a, a new lifestyle. And it's, and if it's, if it's, if this isn't a lifestyle that he's used to, you know, that's difficult. That's hard, dude. Super hard, especially at, when you're on the road. Yeah, and at his age, I mean, like for us to change our routines would be extremely hard, right? At right. this point, every day nine thirty, I got to go boo boo, and if that's not in the routine, my whole day is screwed. What's boo boo? Think about it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> is that poo poo? Yeah. Why would you say boo boo? I can't believe. I look at confusion. I'm so sorry. I didn't know what you meant. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's part of my routine. Well, I don't want people to take that the wrong way if they don't know what boo-boo is. If I go, at nine, if I go boo-boo at 9.35, my whole day is screwed. I hate it when I mess up your jokes. Somebody laughed out there, and I just fucking it's had it's you explain silly. it. Yeah, it's it was silly. silly. I liked it. The word it boo-boo silly. is silly. So, yeah, dude. So It's magical. Would you, would you say a fair assessment is that the tours are going to be shorter, and he's going to have to tour he's less? He's got to tour less. That's yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah. He has to tour less. So... He used to be a road dog. Now, yeah. now how many tours, how many spots is he going to be able to go to? Maybe 12? We'll see, man. We'll see. How, I mean, you know, uh, you never know. People that refuse to accept limitations their whole life and do what they want and do what they want and do what they want, they'll tough it out and they'll figure it out. You know, maybe maybe Matt Pike will do that. It might not be beneficial because of like his health, like we just talked about. Well, the good news you, is, you do though, it. You do it for as long as you can. And when you can't anymore, man, like that's, that's life sometimes. You know? The good news is, is he'll still be able to make music. So I'm not, so the albums, I don't think the albums are going to come to a screeching halt. He'll be able to make music. It's It's just touring. And that's where you make your money though. That's the problem. Yeah. And I got to tell you, like, it sounds just for a high on fire record to come out and not hear those songs live. It just sounds like you're cheated. (laughs) So, but anyways, that's most bands to me. Like I love seeing live, you know, and I've seen high on fire. I don't know how many times it's it's real unfortunate, man. And and, uh, they're booked for psycho Vegas this year. So hopefully we'll We'll see how that goes, but again, that's just a one-off type of show, so I'm sure it won't be a problem. So moving on, guys, to another uh, story we wanted to touch base on, because we're, we're big fans of Shadows Fall, always have been, and uh, drummer Jason Bittner did a comment when um, there was a piece put out about Shadows Fall. In the article, it said they went on an unfortunate hiatus, and Jason replied with, unfortunate hiatus because people stopped coming to see us. That's the reality. We wore out our welcome, it seems. So sometimes you need to take a rest. I saw them on their last tour, and I remember it was sold out where I saw them at, but it wasn't a huge venue. I always think, this is what I think, and I've, I've always been this way, is that in modern times, you have to tour, like you just mentioned, to make money. But if you're making money at home and you're doing other things, 
why not just make the music? Does that hurt a legacy? If you're just a, like if Shadows Fall just put out records, like at this point, um, John's an anthrax, right? Jason's an overkill. So there, for Shadows Fall to come back together and do some sort of reunion, which we've all been talking about for a long time because there is an audience for them, it wouldn't really make sense because you can't say if the audience is bigger than Anthrax or Overkill, you know? However, why not make music? What do I, you think about that? I definitely don't think it was, should... I don't think it's a problem. I mean, it's like if you're going to make music, make music. But when you're talking about, like, them overstaying their welcome, I mean, how, how often would they tour? They would tour like machines. Yeah, they were nonstop, dude. They would seriously come through every town, like, three times That's, a see, year, that, man. You can't do that. Yeah. You know, if you, if you take it down to once a year, now all of a sudden, you know, absence makes the heart, heart grow fonder, and then people are going to want to go see you. But if it's like... If I already saw one band earlier this year, and someone's like, hey, they're coming back. I got tickets. Do so you want to go see them? I'm like... I just saw the whole act six months ago. I don't need to see it again. Yeah, as a, as a child, when you have like no responsibility, you're like, all right, I'll see him four times a year. But like, we're talking about us, us as adults. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah exactly. These Where are, life is harder to get out. Yeah, of the Shadows house. Yeah. Fall is at a group of twenty year olds. Okay, yeah. these are guys our age. They had, yeah. you know. So so meanwhile, you, these are bands that we grew up with. Mm-hmm. And especially in your situation, you're married with a child, bro. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a, it is an operation for you to leave the house like you a babysitter, you know, all that stuff. It has to be taken care of there. It's it's a, people people without children like myself. Sometimes we don't understand that, that it's an ordeal for you to leave the house past 8 p.m. without your child. Well, when you have a fantastic wife like I do, I just go alone. <laughs> okay. okay. She'll watch the kid. But you're right. I'd like her to come with me, obviously. You know, that's, but, that's, the, that's the challenge. But a lot of guys, yeah. they won't even leave the house unless they're, unless they're well, ladies with, with them. Because, yeah, I get that, too. Because, you know, your kid's like, you know, my kid's three right now. He's only going to be three for so long. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, those memories of him at this age are for me. He's going to be stealing cars in no, no time. time. And then I'll go back to shows all the time. The point <laughs> no. is, is that, like, yeah, you, you just want to be there to help. And there's a part of you where it's like, all right, man, you know, when you go, to, I've been to shows where I'm I'm like, all right, the band's going on at 1130 and, you know, I lost the whole night. I'm not going to get to see the kid. I'm not going to get to see the lady, yada, yada. And, and yeah, it's in the back of your head. Like, right. oh, man, you know, I'm going to miss them. And that's that's just how life simplifies when you're older. Regardless, though, if I was in a band that people loved, I would be like, look, I would just tell the fans, look, we can't tour, but we're going to keep out putting out music, putting out songs. because We're friends and we love each other. And, you know, and here's one thing where I might sound ignorant unless because I think Pro Tools and all those things, I think it's easier to record now. Yes. Unless the budget's a lot bigger than I think to put out a record. Maybe it is. You never well, know. if you know how to do all that stuff yourself, which a lot of bands, bands do, do yeah. then, yeah, just do it yourself. Why, why, why pay half your salary for a producer, you know, and especially if it's shadows fall, like if they, if they're not with a record label and if they want to keep out, if they want to keep putting stuff out on their own, they can, yeah. they're at that level yeah. and they could make money. But no, they, I mean, obviously they chose not to, and it's been, I mean, over a decade, I think now, right. I feel like they broke up and I can't remember the exact year. But I feel like it was 10 years ago, 2009. See, I, I think there's more to it than that. I don't think it's an overstay the welcome thing. I just think that the band probably was around each other for far too long and they just had enough of each other's shit. Well, I mean, it's it's possible, man. You know, that, like I said, that's all speculation, so we don't want people to read into that. But regardless, uh, yeah, man, I just I just really wish the bands. But then on the flip side, like you said, 
if you miss them, when they put out that reunion record in that tour, it's going to be a lot bigger than if they were just kind of around. So, you know, there's another viewpoint I didn't even think about. Look, all I'm saying is you can't go to the same city three times a year and still expect a giant turnout. I mean, if you're Metallica, Yeah, but how are you going to make money, dude? How are you going to make money to feed your family if you got a tour? Point is, though, is all I'm saying is if you, when you oversaturate yourself in a market, I agree. the next couple times, the two or three shows after the first one, they're going to be dwindling down. No, I, I, I don't disagree. Yeah with you, but what I'm trying to say is that like, if you do a show in I think January and that 30, 30 day run is going to take care of the rest of the year for you. Then I think what oh, you do man. is, is you end up trying to book a, book a show in a, a, a smaller city with that's maybe 200 miles away from Indianapolis. Oh, I mean, you get trust what I'm me, saying? Dude, they, they, I'm sure bands have done all, everything that we've said and it, it either hasn't worked or I'm has. sure they have. They, I'm sure they have. I, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm just speculating. Yeah. I'm just saying when you oversaturate yourself, obviously the, the shows are going to start, you know, petering out a little bit. I just feel after a while, every band's part-time. Yeah, you know, I've always felt that way. I'm like, look, uh, when life catches up, you know, be a part time band, but don't quit. You'll love it unless you don't love it anymore. So anyways, before we get to our interview with Speed from Sawyer Work, guys, this month, King Diamond release a new DVD Blu-ray songs for the dead live via Metal Blade Records. Boasting 18 songs per set, each of the two shows, Belgium's Grass Pop Metal Meeting in June 2016 and Philadelphia's Fillmore in November 2015. Features a brace of classic King Diamond and Merciful Fate tracks, including Welcome Home, Halloween, and Eye of the Witch, before launching into the 1987 seminal Abigail record. Purchase your copy now at MetalBlade.com slash King Diamond. Once again, guys, MetalBlade.com slash King Diamond for the new live DVD Blu-ray songs for the dead. And with that, guys, here's my interview with Bjorn Speedstrid from Soil Work. Hey everybody, it's Petter with Metal Sucks Podcast. On the phone, I got Bjorn Speedstreet from Soil Work, man. And we're here to talk about the new album, Heaten, which is coming out January 11th here. Dude, the new album is Soil Work's 11th. And when a band has been around that long, it's important to have reignitions in the music for the band mm. and, and fans. Let's go back a few years and talk about The Living Infinite. And how that record did yeah. that. Um, how was that record influenced modern day soil work to you? I mean, to begin with, it, that was the time when when Peter Witchers jumped off the band the second time. For, I mean, it, it was kind of rough, and that that was the time when I was thinking, is there really a point, you know, to continue? But then David Anderson came into the band, and Sylvan Codray had already joined the fold on the Panic broadcast. And something happened there, you know, and I think especially David brought something really interesting to the table. And I think he also inspired me to pick up the guitar again. And, uh, you know, because I am a guitarist from the beginning and I just became a singer out of coincidence, really. And um, I think David brought like, um, I don't know, like a new expression, you know, especially melody wise. And there was something extremely melancholic and Scandinavian about his his songwriting which also inspired me and i think we brought back a lot of sort of the elements that we had on the maybe two three first albums but also found a completely new expression with olivia infinite and i think that album was crucial for us to to make because it was such an experiment you know and i think it brought out the best really and i think in the end you know the lineup changed what was a good thing for us and it might look sort of 
chaotic from the outside, but you know, it's it, it would all make sense if you were in the band. So something happened there, and I think we've gradually become sort of darker, more melancholic, and more Scandinavian sounding. And that's where you can sort of draw a reference to the beginning of our career, because in in like the mid two thousands, it was more sort of groove based sort of metal and and really catchy stuff and really awesome stuff but it was it was slightly influenced by the american scene as well i think because we did a lot of touring in north america and especially with a lot of american bands at the time you know from the metalcore scene that i i also believe that we sort of were a band that had a bad like a big impact on you know uh, when it comes to influences you know so there was a little bit of an exchange between the swedish bands and the american bands to a point where the american bands sounded more swedish than than the actual swedish bands and swedish (laughs) bands sounded more american so i think that's what happened and then we sort of rediscovered ourselves through that album you know and i think we've been continuing on that path ever since as a listener, as a fan that's been with you guys, I feel like there needs to be stages for bands. There's bands that get to the 10th record, but it seems like they're just continuing on the process. Like for you guys, like if you go to, I always do it in threes, like from Predator Portrait to figure number five, Stabbing the Drama to to the Panic Broadcast, like those are different eras to me. Like Yeah, yeah, the band. that's how I see it as well. Yeah, and it's it's nothing that I'm you know ashamed of. Mm. It's just you know it's only natural. I mean, I, I started this band when I was 17, and today I'm 40. So of course that journey will have an impact on you, both musically and also on a personal level. So no wonder that you know the also the the songwriting is, is going to be a little bit of a journey too. So it, it's all making sense to me, you know, and and I don't regret anything. And as the fans, it does as well. And now Vrickley Heaton, if I said it right, I'm trying everybody yeah you're doing good <laughs> that would be the third record from living infinite ride majestic and then this one so do you feel yeah. that that kind of bookends a a part of the last decade of so of your career in soil work right now like this is kind of an, an ending to something that's going to be new yeah that's definitely what it feels like you know and and uh especially since now i feel that we can also sort of focus on those three albums when we tour you know we have enough albums to actually sort of um, showcase that era i guess but i also understand that you know you know i want to be fair to the lineup and that's why i sort of want to focus on those three albums but i also want to be fair to the fans which doesn't make it very uh, easy to put together a set list it's going to be hard to play for like you know we have enough material to play like three hours a night um you know but it's that's that's pretty tough to do for five weeks but if iron maiden can pull it off i don't know yes <laughs> i should be i should be yeah there's no excuses is there any fan that's seen you guys live and when you pull out something yeah. like spectrum of eternity it, it is the it the crowd goes insane like that's what i'm saying so yeah. you, you have that that era where you can play even though that song technically it's, it's not 10 years old it's about six years old i think when did that come out like 2013 2014 so uh, 12 yeah. oh, 2012 sorry so mm. it's not that old but like it it feels like a classic and a lot of songs on that record you like tongue and a couple other yeah. but that's that's the point is that you you do have that and then and that's the thing and when we're talking about it mixing the the three records that we just talked about ride majestic living if and this one they all make sense because they're all from that same era of experimentation and growth and and for a fan, yeah. it's, it's the live show just comes off more genuine, if that's fair, you know. Yeah, 
And so exactly the record is the largest gap though between soy work albums but you know you did release two albums with your other project the night flight orchestra in the last few mm. years as well if people aren't aware but has that project success demanded more of your time i think so but at the same time the main reason why it took us so long to put out this new record Vakliatin, is because we did so much touring for the ride majestic mm. you know yeah i mean we did three north american tours we did two european tours we did australia and japan south america for the first time and then all the festivals and then somewhere around there we managed to squeeze out a night flight orchestra record as well so yeah there wasn't much time left over so we needed a break after the touring cycle of, of uh, the ride majestic which was only natural i guess um before approaching an, a, a new record um, so I, I think that's you know the the main reason, but I don't think that Night Flight really affected that much, you know. In the end, how important though twenty five years in your career is it to have more than one musical project to keep things fresh for you? I think it's been really important for both me and David. You know that this is something that we always wanted to do, but we also needed to do that kind of journey before you know, forming a band like this. And I'm, I'm glad we did because I think we both feel way more uh, balanced musically, you know, and also on a personal level, I think. Without sounding too pretentious, it's it's a little bit of a yin-yang situation, I guess, you know. Uh, and also Jekyll and Hyde, you know. It, it's it, I don't know, it just feels like we have the best of both worlds. And plus, we don't have to channel all of our influences into one band anymore. So I think it's all making sense. Would you take mm -hmm. a, more risks, just say, with like Night Flight to see if something works or not? Because it's it's less established and, and more uh, experimental? Or do you feel it, it still has to live in that parameter that you guys have set up? Well, I mean, I would say that, you know, playing in, and I mean, writing songs for Nightfall Orchestra is, is, it can be extremely like liberating, you know, it's, uh, feels like a very free expression and there's really no boundaries what, to what we can do with that band. So in that sense, it's been really good, I think. And, you know, not saying that you can't do that in metal, of course you can, but it's it, there are certain things it feels like you can't really, there's a limit, you know, because I've been doing it for 20 years and, and certain things, you know, you can't really do in a, in a metal band or maybe it's just, you know, maybe it's just me being frustrated not being able to channel all my influences into one band and having to be Lou Graham of Foreigner and Tom Array of Slayer in the same band. You know, it doesn't really work. It sounds good on paper, though, when you say it like that. I, I think it, it, does. it does. It does. But you're right, like, to put the bands in. <laughs> I'm sure somebody's done a mashup out there, you know, Foreigner yeah. and Slayer. Yeah. I'd be like, no, that doesn't work, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. But yeah, you just mentioned, man, 25 years in 2019, right? You guys have, have been in this band, so into your career. The new album you mentioned in other interviews, it has a lot of input as a collective and everyone was involved in the whole process. Now, how important was you guys working closely together as a unit on this album? I think it was really good for us that we actually got together doing an old school, booking a studio for six weeks and we're all there together for the whole time. It was not like one guy coming in doing his thing and then leaving, you know, like it's been maybe the latest years. So that was good, you know. I mean, me and David wrote the whole album. It was not planned, but you know. That being said, a lot of things happened in the studio as well, and everybody sort of put their mark on the whole uh, album, you know. And uh, Sven was working a lot on the keyboards as well, 
you know, and uh, which brought it to a whole new dimension, you know, and, and also the addition of, of Bastion as well, the new drummer. He did really good. So there was definitely a lot of magic happening there and then in, in the studio. So it, it was, you know, we're living and breathing that album for six weeks together and cooking and drinking and God knows what. So um, it was it was a nice setup. And you brought up Bastion. This is his first record that he's uh, done with you guys in the in the studio. He's been a full time member, I believe, since the 2017 or so. Correct? And, yes. And yeah. so, and Dirk, everybody, if you're not aware, he's been with Megadeth um, now for the last couple of years. The styles are a little bit different, and does that mm. the groove seem a little bit different on this new record? Yeah, I mean, I think that Bastion is a bit more. I mean, he can pull off the extreme stuff, but he's also very good like classic heavy metal slash rock drummer and, and i think that dirk uh, is very much of a metal oriented uh, drummer and i mean he's like the top three in the world yes. you know when it comes to that but he, he he was never that much of a maybe a classic heavy metal rock fan you know um well and i think bastion brought a bit of that you know there's a certain stomp you know that is um running through this album as well and i think we also got inspired by that I, it sounds like bastion can pull off foreigner and slayer maybe a little bit better yeah than Dirk. he it probably like could, could <laughs> <laughs> so yeah were there any challenges though like you said you guys toured a lot on the ride majestic were there any challenges to get Sawyer work back in full swing the last few years because usually at this age the older you get when you take more time off, is it harder to get everything back in full swing? Well, I thought it was going to be a lot harder, actually. I mean, after doing all that touring, it kind of left us drained, to be honest with you. It was a little bit too much, and I think we'll approach things a little bit different, you know, for the future and maybe pick our battles a little bit. But as far as the songwriting, you know, I was a little nervous at, at first, but then, you know, uh, I restringed the guitar and tuned down to B, and then, and that was right after we finished up the Nightline Orchestra album. It's like, oh, how's this going to work out, you know? And uh, I don't know, it just it just happened, you know, and there was a constant flow of inspiration, and maybe it's also a reaction to what we do in Nightline Orchestra, and it's like two completely different things, you know, even though you sort of uh, take your sense for melody with you wherever you go. Yeah, I guess that's where the word balance comes in again. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it happened pretty like smoothly. You know, it came together in a really creative way, and and, and it was a really nice flow overall. You are the main lyricist of Soy Work, as we all know. But um, what did you want? to No, s- actually, not. Oh, you're not. <laughs> not on this record. Oh, not no. On- oh, okay. um, I, well, David, I think David wrote more lyrics than me on on this new album. But I wrote quite a few um so it, i think there is a pretty nice balance there lyrically too because it's uh my lyrics are usually sort of realistic or like even socially realistic while david's lyrics are more sort of full of like escapism and that also creates a really interesting contrast and and, and that's also sort of what the title represents which means yeah reality now throughout your career though um you've done the majority of the lyrics for the band yes and then you have perspective as a 40 year old when you look back on some of your lyrics and a lot of your stuff and you kind of see where you were throughout it's almost like a poet you know in a lot of ways going back how important Mm. is that perspective when you write stuff today um i think it's pretty important and and uh, i mean it's um 
maybe that's sometimes where I feel maybe a little bit limited, you know, within the metal genre. But that being said, there's so many things you can express, you know, and and uh, I guess it's I've learned to not repeat myself too much, you know, which is hard. It's re it's very hard actually. After all, you know, when you release a new album, it's it's going to be at least 10 songs, you know, and uh, sometimes it might not feel like, oh, I, do I have like 10 lyrics, you know, is there that much I, you know, want to put out, is there that much I want to channel, but it's, um, it usually comes out and I, I think I've learned how to express myself better, you know, with, with age, which I guess makes sense in the end. Yes. Yeah, for sure. When mm. you feel those limits though, like you're like, do I have this in me? That challenge, isn't that part of the yeah. process in a lot of I ways? I think it is. Yeah. It is. That's yeah. motivating. Cause you're like, I don't know if I got it. And then when you pull it out, are you like, I got it? <laughs> you know, like, yes, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that's true. That's, that's, uh, that's super cool, man. I got to tell you, I love music videos. I still watch them all the time. Um, and you mm. guys did put one out for full moon shawls. Mm. How do you feel about the presentation of that video for the song? I think it worked out really cool. I mean, it was recorded very close to where I, I live in the Stockholm area and we were looking for a sort of, a a setting that was going to showcase like Swedish suburban anxiety was those were the keywords. And, um, I think it worked out really good. And normally you would go to a warehouse where there's like chains hanging all over the place and record a metal video, but this was slightly different. You know, it's all in black and white, but it's actually, I think it was recorded sometime in like August and it was kind of, you know, hot outside. And, uh, so I'm glad they put on the, the black and white filter. <laughs> in the end so you know no I, I i'm i'm happy with the way it turned out do you like uh, i know a lot of artists don't love making music videos how do you feel about that mm. i i very very i mean very mixed emotions uh, about it too at, at least i'm not very nervous anymore recording music video i i always thought it was so awkward you know uh, to record a video and you're standing there and there's not a crowd and then you're gonna act and then they're gonna you know do all the you know, they're going to film each and every member as well. It just felt awkward, the whole thing. But, you know, I don't really feel that anymore. It's just, you know, it, it's it's just a part of it. So you guys are starting your tour in Europe, January 11th, when the record drops, same day. As a musician, you want to keep the creative side in the studio and on the record, but you also have to keep the live show fresh for you guys. What do you intend yeah. on doing differently on this cycle? That's a good question. I mean, I think, in, like we talked about before, we have these three uh, three albums now, and a lot of those songs on the album, um, they will create a, a certain atmosphere, you know. Of course, we, we're going to rely on the songs, but, I mean, of course, it, like, visually, it's, you know, you, of course, you want to provide a show that sticks out, which is hard for a band when, you, when you're on, the, on this level, too, you know. Um, you can invest in inflatable, I don't know... <laughs> inflatable jukeboxes like foreigner did back in the day <laughs> or you can just uh, let the songs do the talking and and really focus on like the setting you know especially with lights so i think we're going to focus on that i've seen some odd sets for bands and i remember them i remember somebody did a living room they just had a couch there <laughs> like, yeah and the guys kept yeah. like jumping on the couch and going over it and that's all they had on the <laughs> stage and i'm like what? yeah why not what is this? But yeah, it worked. Strangely enough, like they were in the living room playing. Yeah. It's fun when people get creative with it because I imagine that's the part that might get tiring because like you're on the road, you're away from home, and yeah. if it's if it's a cycle that's kind of the same, 
it might be tough. Now, we just talked about you recently turned 40. You've been doing soil work since you were 17. If you had advice, I love the perspective talk. We're going to get into that. If you had advice to 20-year-old speed, what would it be? Hmm. That's a very good question. To maybe start investing in the live show uh, back then rather than 20 years later. And, and learn maybe the, a little bit of the, the ropes when it comes to business because I've always been a terrible businessman. But, but then again, I'm also, you know, I've been focusing so much on the music, which I'm really proud of in the end. The live show, yeah. though, that's the thing that, like, you were t- talking about is that you can do that back then and it wouldn't hurt as much, like, financially, you know, because... No, no, exactly. But risk, I mean, right? and, and, yeah, because we always relied on music. As long as we put out good mu- music, that's going to be enough. Yes. And nowadays, no, it's mm. not. You need to play a classic album in its entirety. Otherwise, you won't be able to pull people. You know what I mean? And you need to have, like, I don't know, like Pyro, you name it, you know. So it's it's just not enough, you know, with, with just the music. And it, it all makes sense, you know. Of course, you want to you wanna go to a show, you know. And I've, maybe that's something that I failed to understand when I was younger. That It's like, oh, we're just going to show up and play the new album, right? It's like people love it. That's it. How important is perspective in order to have a valid opinion on life? I think it's uh, really important. I mean, it took me a lot of time because it's, uh, you know, I've been able to escape all my life being on tour, you know, and then the older you get, you need to sort of face reality. And that's also when, you know, perspective comes in a little bit. And then when you got perspective, you also find a ways of escaping reality. Uh, and uh, in your own way, but you, I guess you have more of a healthier balance when it comes to that. You know, do you think cons- perspective is oh, good? Go ahead. Yeah. Do you think consequences yeah. have um, the biggest effect on our perspective growing up? Yes. Yes. A lot of people don't understand the consequences of their own actions, and they will never understand it. <laughs> So I'm glad I'm one of the people that actually understand the consequences. And, and uh, you know, so I think that's when really when you get perspective on things, too. And I, I find that very interesting, like you were saying, is because a lot of the times opinions are set out there without that consequence or life experience. Like, you know, as, as, yeah. a, as a young person, I was a know-it-all. I ain't going to lie. I knew, I knew everything about everything, yeah. you know. That voice is extremely loud right now. Do you think that's damaging in a lot of ways, that there's a voice without the knowledge or consequences kind of is loudest in society right now? Yeah, I, I I think it can potentially be dangerous, you know, um, and maybe you see it a lot more nowadays, you know, with, with kids growing up and of course, you know, the ever so hot topic of social media, you know, and, mm. and people don't really, you know, they have their own reality, but it's sort of distorted, you know, and uh, therefore you don't really see the consequences of your own actions, I guess. I agree. I believe there's a silent majority, but that silence actually affects the world more now than it did 20 years ago like there i think the, yeah. the majority all gets it but we're quiet you know we don't want to yeah. get in arguments on social media as we're discussing and things like that but in a way it feels yeah. like now we're losing our grasp because we're we're slowly learning consequences and perspective and things like that do you yeah do, do i yeah. sound off or does it sound does it feel that way to you too 
No, I think I think I might agree with you. And I mean, being a Swede who who doesn't like confrontation whatsoever, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, and and that's something that I've also learned. You know, that confrontation can be something good. You know, because Swedish people are just supposed to be silent and not say anything, and and especially not say anything good about themselves either. So it's uh, so it's it's uh, yeah, it's interesting. With with that kind of upbringing, how how hard is it for you to take compliments from like people like me? Just out of like your album was amazing, <laughs> Living Infinite. I actually talked to uh, Matt Matt from Trivium, and I'm like, that's the record I would take with me on an island, you know. And he's like, he agreed with me. So when you hear some compliment mm. like that, and you're like, you're not supposed to hear that, does that make you uncomfortable? No, not at all. Oh, I good. think I've learned how to actually appreciate those things. And I mean, of course, I I'm I'm I'm, I'm still a very humble human being. You know, I feel very grounded, but I think it's important as well to sort of register, you know, compliments as well. And, and, and it's it's really what you do with it in the end, you know. And, uh, yeah, I mean, of course it makes me happy. And, yes. and uh, I, I don't feel as awkward as when I was maybe 25, you know, when people were saying all these things. So oh, this band, you know, influenced me so much and this and that. You didn't really know how to handle it. But today I can I can really feel it and sort of grasp it. But, you know, I guess that also comes with age, maybe. On this record, you guys have been taking chances for the last two or three records, as we were talking about. Which which song on this mm. record do you feel was the uh, the biggest left turn for soil work? Either Stolfogel or You A Quiver. Uh, like You A Quiver is like black metal disco almost. And then uh, Stolfogel is like, uh, you know, it's almost like... Uh, this is going to sound really weird, <laughs> but and it's probably going to uh, worry you a bit. Uh, but it's uh, still for me, it's almost like an extreme metal version of Turbo Lover by Judas Priest. I know that sounds really weird. <laughs> it's not as like it's not very upbeat, but it's like has this. I don't know. There's something about it. Um, so it, it definitely sticks out, you know. But um, I think people are going to like it. I love the fact that you thought black metal disco. Everybody got, but. The turbo level reference, yeah. like backup guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like when I heard black metal disco, I'm like, I need to hear that song now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Oh, I'm, I'm really excited, man. I'm, I'm, I'm with the journey with soil work for life. You guys do it exactly how I want it as a fan. I grow with you guys awesome. from my youth all the way through. I'm of that time frame, but like I said, there's always, there's always genuine. There's always real. You guys are a band. Like I said, that it's always worth the journey. And the rediscovery because you you change it up you know and it's it's a that's that's a talent that's a compliment if I can say is one of the hardest yeah, things thank in you. metal yeah it's it's one of the hardest things yeah. for bands it is thirty years it old really is. if anybody can follow your blueprint then uh, the scene will keep fans for 25, 30 years as they go with that man I just want everybody I want to remind them one more time the new record Verkley Hayton is out. January 11th, guys. Make sure you pick it up. It's fantastic. You can trust Soy Work. You know that. Releasing it earlier in the year because we just did our best of for 2018. Did you guys ever think about that? Because January sometimes is, is, people forget about the record by the by the end of the year cycle. Do you ever think about that at all? No. No. Never really thought about that. With that, Speed, I want to thank you so much, man, for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast. Thank you, and thanks for having me. And before we get to the songs, guys, I want to remind you guys that this show is sponsored by Rockabilia. Need to stock up on some of your favorite band's merch? 
Go to rockabilia.com and put some on your wish list. They're the one-stop shop for all your band merch needs. Need to buy a gift for someone and know what bands they're into? Pick up something from Rockabilia. You won't be disappointed with the selection, and you can get 10% off with the code PCJabberJaw. So head on over to rockabilia.com and use the promo code PCJabberJaw and save 10% today.
Metal Sucks Podcast.
Metal Sucks Podcast.
are back, guys. Once again, the new record, Verklet Heaton. And I know I'm, I'm pronouncing that close. You heard Bjorn. He said I was pronouncing it close. Uh, I think your accent's really stupid. <laughs> Verklick Heaton is out now, guys. Make sure you pick it up. I've been listening to it. I, can't, I love it. You guys, it's soil work. It's, it's, it's a must-own. They've proven it to you. Three songs we just played off that record. The first one, Arrival. Second song, check out the video for it. It's called Full Moon Shoals. And the last song, again, here's a pronunciation I'm going to try. Stalfidgel is also on that record, guys. So make sure you check it out pick it up and with that guys Jocelyn Sharp will be back next week we know you guys miss her thank you all for the five star reviews on the show guys and also for all the people that are reaching out on our other podcast Rise to Offend thank you so much if you don't know about it it is a documentary podcast and we've done full documentaries on Peter Steele Phil Anselmo and this week we're doing part two on Trey Parker and Matt Stone so if you're into the documentary stuff I appreciate you guys writing all the time and telling me who to do metal wise but we can't all do metal i want to thank you guys one more time dude for checking out rise to offend go to rise to offend.com if you haven't and with that man we will talk to you next week friends the metal sucks podcast is signing off this is the jabberjaw podcast network